0: Okay. okay. Now I've got I the recording that, started. Okay. All yeah. Right. Good so good. if you you can put him on whenever whenever you'd like. All right. All right. I'll put him on right now. Then here y'all go. Y'all have a good one. Thank you. A little delay. Yo. Hey Phil, how's it going, man?
1: Doing well. We've been fighting beavers this morning.
0: We've been fighting beavers this morning. That's awesome. I've been I've been fighting the the extreme heat of Central Florida. So.
1: Oh, yeah, Not the
0: same, but still a fight nonetheless.
1: <laughs> yep, that's that's for sure. Well, we're trying to give them a little Jesus if they'd just take us up on it. We, we think it's a spiritual fix, not a political one. Right.
0: Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. All right, so number one. I'm glad to, to have you on. Um, I, had, I had spoken to Al years ago about the uh, Duck Dynasty, the, the Duck Commander Faith and Family Bible, and I told him, I say one day uh, I hope to get your dad on here and, and talk about what he's got going on. So I'm glad to have you on here. And just to let you know, this, this is not live. Uh, this will air on Friday on um, like, kind of like a podcast service called SoundCloud Yep. So we can edit later on. And uh, I'm excited to talk to you about the book. And a couple of the things that we'll go over is, uh, since the show is no longer on TV, kind of what you and Miss Kay have been up to uh, since the show ended. Uh, we'll touch on your family, uh, Willie and Corey, with their ministry that do what they're doing, along with Sadie. And uh, then we'll get right into the book. And then the last question I'm going to ask you is, um, a lot of the audience that listens in to us and to, uh, you know, the stuff that you're doing is, is more of a, an older audience. But there's a question that I'm asking that I'm kind of we're wanting to kind of get this interview out to younger Christians, people that um, are getting right to the age of voting and stuff like that that can actually make a difference. So the, the closing question will be to the younger audience, what would your message be to them in these times they're living in? kind of thing so that's where we'll end it
1: yep sounds good all right right. we'll get started
0: let me go ahead and get my recording started here well I am excited about our guest on today's show he is the author of the brand-new book Jesus politics how to win back the soul of America and he's also the patriarch of the Robertson family who you might have seen on a little a and show called Duck Dynasty. Honored to have Mr. Phil Robertson join me today. Phil, how are you doing today, brother?
1: I'm doing well.
0: Well, I am excited to have you on today, and you're the second member of the Robertsons to join me on here. Your son Al came by uh, years back to talk about the Duck Commander Faith and Family Bible, and looking yep. forward to talking to you about this brand-new book of yours.
1: Well, we're trying to uh, infuse a little good uh, into our culture via books, via the podcast, the Unashamed podcast we have. It's it's me, my two sons, Alan, the oldest one, uh, the, the one you know, and Jason, the one just below him. So it's a dad and his two sons pointing people to Jesus, reminding them that We're all counting time by Jesus Christ. He's the marker of time. All the years before Jesus, we call them before Jesus. All the ones after Jesus, we call them Anno Domini, year of our Lord. So how could one person end up, whoever lived on planet Earth, and the world count time by He had to have done something rather large. What do you think? (laughs)
0: amen amen well you know 2020 has been a crazy year we're a little over halfway into it and and most would agree that this has been a chaotic and tumultuous time for us with COVID-19 and um you know going back a little ways many may be curious since the Duck Dynasty show ended um what have you and your wife Miss Kay been doing these days
1: well she is a wonderful cook so uh she does a lot of cooking we uh There's uh, many verses in the Bible that says we are to, as the people of God, practice hospitality. And the the Apostle Peter added, without grumbling. So we have people over, we'll have a good meal, we'll point them to Jesus, we'll worship together, and then they're on their way. So mainly we deal with the people in the rehabs, uh, there's a little group where I give them a Sunday morning lesson. It's about uh, it's a great little place because it's about 60% African American and 40% white people. I only bring that up because people color code everybody these days. They fail to realize I don't view them as African American and white at all because from one man... Acts chapter 17, right in the middle section there. From one man, God made every nation of man. He determined the time set for them, the exact places they should live. He did this so that men might reach out for him and seek him, though he's not far from each one of us. So it's pretty good that we've broken the old model of black churches and white churches. We all together where we are. Pretty cool to watch, by the way.
0: Amen, amen. I totally agree, and we need more of that in this day and time. It's, it's we really do going on, yeah. And you know, I, it's 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 crazy because you know you mentioned food, and of course, I live in the South, so food is a big thing down here in the South. And you mentioned Miss K cooking, and you know, I, I I remember sitting back and watching the show and watching all the amazing food that you guys ate and that she cooked for you. Um you know as far as the show goes are you are you sad that it's no longer on TV or is it a bit of a relief that you don't have cameras following you around all the time
1: Well we still do quite a bit of filming because uh, in the woods with Field, that's one that's with uh you know uh, uh, Mark Levine and all of us there's about 10 or 12 of us in that group but uh we basically give them uh, spiritual matters uh sp- uh, everything is bible based and we just cut to the chase in the in the and in with that is getting ready to duck hunt and brushing the duck blinds and and we'll be fighting the beavers they're trying to stop up our water and so we plant food for ducks and all that so we've got all that going on at the same time but overall we spend our time reaching out to our fellow man so that we can uh Instead of factions, which produces dissensions, and dissensions causes discord, and discord produces strife, and strife produces anarchy. Well, you're seeing in their streets an interesting sign I saw the other day. Uh, some little girls had a sign that they were carrying. The sign, all of them said the same thing. We're going to hell, and we're proud. How do you figure that, my man?
0: No, I I can't figure it out. I mean, it's just it's, it's total craziness. And you know, when Phil, it's really hard to even turn on the TV right now and watch the news because
1: it really is.
0: It, it's, it's it's totally discouraging. I mean, there there's nothing nothing positive on, and I, I really think you know going to this new book that you have um, I'm excited to talk to you about it's called Jesus Politics How to Win Back the Soul of America which is a follow-up to the 2019 book you wrote last year The Theft of America's Soul Um, this book's going to be out August 4th through Thomas Nelson Publishing and you know I really enjoyed the first book but man oh man did Jesus Politics come around at a great time I mean when you're writing this the country was already divided with hatred growing more and more towards believers and the Bible. But upon its release, we're now dealing with a worldwide pandemic, racial division, political tension, and what I really don't know how to put it, but absolute chaos. Now, Phil, you, you've you grown up really witnessing two generations of this. I mean, the original civil run really, really, of the 1960s yep. uh, with the Civil Rights Movement, protests and such, and now this, which seems all more intensified. Um, did you ever imagine that you would see this twice in your lifetime?
1: I never thought I would see it reach this level. One of the reasoning behind the book is 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. If God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, You've got to remember, their every thought, the entire bunch, except for eight, I mean Noah and his immediate family, all of them turned bad. He protected Noah, though, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. He saved them. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, burned them to ashes for their perversion and just anarchy. He burned them to ashes and made them an example of what's going to happen to the ungodly. And here's the, kind of what got me started on that book. And if he rescued Lot, the, the nephew of, of Noah, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. For that righteous man, living among them day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. Check this out. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and they despise authority. So what we're trying to do the Robertson clan is show people that it's way better if they would find out who Jesus is, believe that he's died for them on a cross to remove their sin. First problem solved, sin problem takes them away. They put him in a tomb and three days later he solved our second problem, physical death by being raised from the dead. And all he expects us to do is believe it, repent and be baptized. We have a new birth. God seals us with his spirit, and we go around showing all these people in the streets and all of that. We're not getting out in the street with a sign with all this cursing and profanity on it. We show them love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what we show them and that's why we're here, the kingdom of God, is to show them the way. So for the life of me, I do not see the downside, my man, from of loving God and loving each other. What is the downside to Jesus? I don't get it.
0: No, and I don't get it either, and that basically in a nutshell is is what you're talking about, how to win back the soul of America and you know
1: right
0: so no, try to to yeah and you know honestly i try to avoid politics because honestly any logical response and and i do say logical something that makes sense especially on social media because it almost leads to a riot i mean an example would be our president he's not a perfect man and i don't agree with everything you said and done but oh my gosh you have so many people out there that just hate this man so profusely i mean he can go out and say the sky is blue and we'll get absolutely bashed for it. It almost seems like as though we've become a society that has become so obtuse and desensitized to hearing the truth. Yep. It's no longer about right or wrong or good or bad, but getting your point and opinion across no matter what the cost. I mean, it's, it's pure craziness and, you oh, know, just the hate oh, and contempt for this president is just crazy.
1: Yep. A lot of people don't know what I'm fixed to tell you, but I've had three, little short sessions, I met with him personally, Donald J. Trump. The first time I met with him is when he was running. Within, I would say, one minute of meeting him, I preached the gospel to him in a nice way, telling him that he was a sinner. I said, Trump, you have sinned, right? He said, oh, yeah. I said, well, the one who came down here in flesh and died for you, Everybody has sinned, Trump, all of us. I said, he died on a cross to remove your sin. I had written it down, I had an arrow coming out of heaven, God becoming flesh. I had a cross where Jesus died. I had a tomb where they put Jesus, and I had an arrow coming out of that tomb, the resurrection of the dead. Then I had the final arrow coming down after Jesus returns back here. I preached the gospel through him, and I will say for all your listeners, Donald Trump listened carefully. In fact, when I said, good to see you, and I, I said, but don't forget what you just heard. So I turned to walk away, and he said, hey, Phil. I said, yep. He said, can I have that piece of paper? You wrote that on. So I gave him the piece of paper with the gospel on it. The second time I talked to him, he said, hey, the first thing out of his mouth, this was on a, a phone call. The first thing on his, out of his mouth, he said, hey, Phil. I still have that paper you gave me. I said, I said, put that message in your heart, Donald. And I said, and never look back. The third time I met him, I gave him some verses about baptism, the new birth, and I came to him. So um, my point is this. I've met with the President of the United States three times, and there were short visits, one on the phone, one when he was running, and one after he became President. Every time we've talked... We talk about spiritual matters, Bible stuff, and we just have a, he's my age, so I, I look, you know, he's a product of the 60s like me, but if, if you think about it, he's done more for Christianity than any president in my lifetime. He's pro-God, he's pro-life, I mean, he's pro-hunting, so, man, if we get it back in there we still have hope but if this other bunch wins this thing i'm afraid we're going to have uh, uh we're going to have to kind of withdraw as the people of god and it will be under the radar like in red china or north korea
0: yeah and i agree and that's and that that's a scary thought and y- you know just You've got so many people out there that disagree with just about everything. But but the thing that I've said most when I talk to people is I say if, if if you disagree with somebody, or you don't think they're doing the right thing, really the only thing that you can do is pray for them. And you having a direct line, being able to talk to to President Trump is is just you're you're on a different level to where you're you're taking that opportunity to let him know, hey, this is this is what it is. And Jesus is the answer to all of this. And I and, and you're not the only one. I've read about a lot of people that have that put their hands on him, pray, prayed for him, and I yep. think that's really what we need to do. We need to be praying for the president. Sure. If you disagree sure. with him, pray for him. If you don't like what he's doing, pray for him. Just like any other president, I prayed for Obama when he was in office. I didn't agree yeah. with everything he did, but you know what? I didn't bash him. Instead, nope. I turned around and prayed for him. And, you know, I like how you're able to explain the importance of combating crazy politics right now with the strengthening of our Christian faith two elements that statistically don't meld well together and I think when people read Jesus politics um, they're going to see that what, what is your prayer and the intended impact that you hope it wields to most readers when they when they take a look and read this book
1: you got to remember Daniel said the kingdom would be set up the eternal kingdom that would never be destroyed and he said it would happen, he was telling Nebuchadnezzar this, the Babylonians ruled the world, then came the Medo-Persians, this is in a 600-year period, then came the Greeks, Alexander the Great, then the Romans. And the Romans, the ones, he said, the, the kingdom of iron, he said God's going to set up his kingdom during those kings, during the Roman Empire. So when Jesus shows up, old Caesar Augustus, Roman, he was on, had power. Before it was all over, Jesus dies, is buried, is raised from the dead. He establishes his kingdom. And when the disciples asked him, they said, when's it going to come? Jesus said, they were all saying, John the Baptist, Jesus, and the disciples, the kingdom is near. So Jesus told them, it doesn't come visibly. People won't say, there it is or here it is, but it'll be among you. You're going to be the kingdom. Of course, the disciples looked around like, what? They don't realize that. So here's the point, my man. Members of the kingdom of God, we're his body, his church on planet Earth. The king is Jesus. We operate underneath him. We walk as he did. We pray for our enemies. We're good to those who persecute us. And we go forward. Sometimes we reach all the way, in my case, to the leader of the free world you say he we I, we talked about Jesus I shared the good news with him we talked about spiritual things so that's how to turn the country around because they're not going to do it in Hollywood Hollywood's not going to do it you say the news media they're not going to do it and you say the education system no sir no Jesus there either and uh, most of the government so when you look at it realistically We, the kingdom of God, are going to have to be more aggressive with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We're going to have to show our neighbor that. Uh, Listen, I baptize them every week. They come from all over the United States. Uh, Five, day before yesterday, five showed up. I took them back there. We baptized them, and then we... I said, I don't know how we're going to baptize you since we have to be socially distant six feet. I said, I can't tie a rope to you and pull you under, so I'm going to just chance it. The one who raises people from the dead, I think, will protect us from the virus. (laughs) So I just went on forward. You see what I'm saying?
0: Yes, sir. Amen. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're, you're still doing the work over there. And, you know, Phil, I don't say this lightly, but I wish... There were more folks like you around today, and what I mean by that is people who don 't sugarcoat the truth, people who are not afraid of speaking no matter how bitter of a pill it may be to swallow. I know I greatly appreciate that and and you 've always been very outspoken and that's that 's what I admire about you the most. I know that years ago when g q magazine interviewed you, they asked you a question, and you answered honestly you answered you gave him a biblical answer, and
1: I just gave him a Bible verse. I just gave them a Bible verse.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, that's those are the types of folks we need with our battle in our faith these days as people who are not afraid to speak the truth no matter, no matter what happens. And, yep. you know, going, you know, in closing, uh, you know, for the younger audience and believers listening in right now, um, what would your message be uh, to these younger folks in these uncertain times? Impart your wisdom on them right here.
1: I would, I would tell them to read carefully, and this is the side that you don't want to be on. We've been in the last days, Hebrews 1, verse 1 and 2, ever since Jesus showed up. Check this out, and I'll end with this. There will be terrible times in the last days. Now listen to this list and sift this 2,000-year-old writing is the truth. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. I would remind these young people that, see? Uh, Ungrateful, greatest country on earth, and just look at what? Unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God and he ends that up by saying have nothing to do with them stay away from those kind of people reach out to them when you can forgive them when they persecute you point them towards Jesus but people can become so wicked that the only thing you can do is just go to someone that will listen it's been that way good and evil ever since mankind's been on the planet so We just have to be harmless as doves and shrewd as snakes when we go forward. Jesus said, go preach the gospel. He that believes and is baptized to be saved. So all we can do is give them the good news, and we love them, and uh, we're long-suffering, and tell them about the mercy of God, and we be merciful toward each other. But other than that, my man, if we could get that as mainstream, uh, all these young people coming up, if they could get that early, it would be such a fine place to live, people who love God and love each other. So that's the goal of whether I'm on podcasts or speaking out or books or anything else. It's really not that complex.
0: No, it's not. And, you know, it goes to Proverbs where it says, train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. And that's you got that's it. The key. teach them while they're young. Well, Phil, we greatly appreciate you joining us today, and, and the, you know, my prayer is, is that the Lord can use Jesus' politics as a way of easing attention and educating people of the importance of winning back America for Christ.
1: Well, I appreciate visiting with you, my man. Keep the faith, my man, and I love you.
0: All right, and there's one more question that I wanted to ask real quick. I'm going to insert this early in the conversation. I forgot to ask. I went right over it with our question, but it had to do with, with your family real quick, so I'll... Ask this, and then we'll I'll let you go. Cause I know you got probably other calls to get on. Yeah, well, Phil, most of your family is. Well, Phil, most of your family is still doing things. Your son Willie and daughter-in-law Corey have been touring and speaking, and of course, your granddaughter Sadie has been making a huge impact with the younger audience with her work with Live Original. Does it make you proud to see your family successful and encouraging people in their individual walks of Christ?
1: Listen. By watching my family members, and Willie and that daughter of his, and, and Jace and Al and Jeffs working with the, they, they work with people the the orphans, everybody is involved in spiritual matters, and I am, man, am I thankful? I, I'm just uh, flabbergasted on how well they turned out. They're all married to their original wives, and i got a big bunch of uh, grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren coming up here pretty quick. So when you look at all of it, I'm like, man, the Lord blessed me mightily through my family. And uh, Sadie reaches millions, uh, and she is quite the speaker, you know. She's like, a, uh, like the daughters of Philip, you know. They prophesied. She goes around speaking the word, which is pretty amazing to, to watch, but but to answer your question, I am very proud, Miss Cannon, I'm very proud that the uh, way our children turned out. One of the scariest things going on right now, my man, is we're down to about forty percent of American families have a mom and a dad. Forty percent. Sixty percent no mom and dad together married. And they, you know, until death. No, forty percent. That's scary, my man.
0: That is scary, and that's, that needs to change. And you know, Phil, you mentioned Ooh. your family. The only one, the only one that we haven't seen much of since the show is your brother Sy. How's he doing? We we miss his comedic craziness.
1: Well, he's had a few lung problems, but we got some uh, physical therapists that work with him. But he's probably good for a few more duck seasons. You know. I mean, none of us are getting any younger around here, you know. So old sai he's two years younger than I am. Cy si is one of the godliest men you ever want to run up on, but but it, but it, you you wouldn't think it because that dude, he can really tell some tall tales, if you know what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> All right, so that's where we'll end it, and um, I, re- I greatly appreciate you doing this uh, interview today. I'm glad to get you on here, and hopefully... Uh Al invited me up to, to y'all's house sometime. Whenever this COVID thing passes, I would love to come up and, yeah, and visit sure. sometime. I I I've heard so much I'm friends with a lot of Christian artists and they have were up there when the filming was going on saying that uh before you die you have to have Miss Case cooking because it's
1: out of this world. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you are very welcome.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much and uh, I'll I'll send over to the publicist, I'll send the interview and stuff and um and we'll go from there. I appreciate your time, Phil. You take care, brother.
1: All right, man.